kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures. You may be looking at the episode title for this week and thinking, Merrick, did you make a mistake? Bob Ross is a real, well, was a real man in the world. And what I would say to that is that um, that here on Dad Feelings, we, we don't make mistakes. We just, um, just happy little accidents. And furthermore, that who are you to question me? How dare you speak to me? Um, how dare you? But, but hopefully that answered that um, because we're talking about Robert Norman Bob Ross this week on Dad Feelings. And I guess if you aren't familiar somehow with him, uh, Bob Ross was an American painter who uh, was born in 1942 and died in 95. And he's most well known as the host of a show called The Joy of Painting. And this was basically uh, an instructional painting uh, TV show that was on PBS in the United States, the public broadcasting, I'm going to say syndicate system Um, service, probably, actually. But uh, this was a show where basically Bob Ross would would show you how to paint. And he always painted landscapes. And, I mean, I feel like it's almost impossible to be in or have any passing familiarity with U.S. American culture from like the last 20 years and not be familiar with him because... He started on the show, but then kind of just exploded into pop pop cultural celebrity. Uh, He was on these these MTV ads in the '90s, and uh, and then sort of like became an internet celebrity uh, posthumously because his videos sort of found their way to YouTube, and then uh, Twitch, the streaming site, hosted a marathon of his series. Uh, back in 2015, which I think exposed a lot of people to to his work. But um, but I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, Bob Ross was a real man and real father, and uh, but he's also he's also this this figure, this very fatherly figure uh, in his his programs. And like as far as I know the kind of persona that he depicted was very much who he was. Uh, so the soft voice, the calmness, um, basically the sort of backstory to that is that um, Bob Ross was in the U.S. Air Force. Um, he he got into the Air Force when he was 18. And um, what ended up being um, uh, being at... Like he was like a medical records technician and he ended up at this Air Force base in Alaska. And uh, as far as I know, I think he, so he was born in Florida and I think that may have been the first time he actually saw snow when he moved up to Alaska. And a lot of his paintings later on um, included snow and mountains. And um he, he sort of developed his, his painting style while he was doing this. 
but to get back to the sort of soft voice and like um, very kind of like calm uh, manner of being, he said that being in the army required him to sort of be tough and like to, to shout at people. And he at some point decided that uh, if he ever left the army or the Air Force, um, that he would never shout again. He would never scream or shout or anything like that. Um, and basically, while he was uh, while he was up in Alaska, he discovered this show called The Magic of Oil Painting that was hosted by this guy, Bill Alexander, who ended up becoming kind of his mentor. And uh, so uh, Bob retired from the Air Force after about 20 years and basically realized like he could make more money selling his paintings than um, being being in the Air Force. And uh, the the hair the hair thing, um, like he the other thing he's known for is sort of the, his big afro. And uh, apparently that was to save money. <laughs> um, before his show blew up, he wasn't finding a lot of um, interest in his painting style. So he started getting perms as a way of like saving money on haircuts. And it's kind of funny how that like this accidental thing kind of like all of these things sort of come together to create this really iconic figure of Bob Ross. So the whole thing of the joy of painting is that he's demonstrating uh, how to paint like a certain kind of landscape. And it's really geared towards like nurturing creativity and... um and just and emphasizing that anyone can do this kind of thing and really democratizing art, I would say. Um, one of my favorite Bob Ross quotes is that um, it's about talent. And talent, I think, is this really bizarre idea in that it's sort of, I mean, it's this kind of weird idea that like certain people have inborn talents towards certain things and other people don't. And then that, that's sort of just a matter of, of luck and of um, heredity maybe. But uh, the thing about talent is that it's only ever recognizable post hoc, right? You can't identify talent before someone does something to show that they're talented. Um, and so Bob Ross has this quote about, um, about talent being pursued in trust. So anything that you practice, you can do, which I think is this really amazing, uh, really amazing approach to, to something like painting, which is often thought to be this sort of really technical and specific and rarefied kind of skill that like either you have access to or you don't. Um, and of course the question of like technical skill is separate from the question of inspiration or style or anything like that. But, but just sort of like really trying to um, just, you know, unmask that idea of talent and say like, no, you can do this. Like I'm going to show you how to paint a mountain. It's going to start off looking like some blobs of paint and by the time you're done, it will look something like a landscape, which is super cool. And um, 
the sort of painting techniques that he used were all ones that were pretty straightforward and that he's he's sort of like minimized the number of tools and paints and everything that the the viewer would require so that it's also kind of geared towards not needing to spend a ton of money on painting uh, which is is also pretty cool and the way that Bob Ross talks about painting is again this really kind of nurturing uh, like almost empowering um way to think about it like he often says like uh in your like this is how i'm doing my painting but your painting is your world and you can do whatever you want if you want to like do a bird over here if you want to like do something else like then that's totally fine you can do that um because you don't like i'm showing you just how to do one thing if you want to do something else that's totally cool so it isn't just like a sort of paint by number sort of thing where he's like follow exactly what I'm doing and you'll like, you'll get this done. Um, it is like, there's more room for creativity than that. And I guess like, I don't know. I think of Bob Ross as like the antithesis to the kinds of art teachers that I had when I was in school. Uh, and these guys were very much like, I mean, they were teaching the curriculum, right? So like, I don't want to put too much on them. They were constrained in what they could do, but like, I think there's something that happens to art teachers, especially art teachers in like middle schools and um, and like uh, junior high and thing like things like that, where they just start to sort of lose it. Um, and maybe it's because they ended up there and like they didn't really expect to be teaching art at that level, um, or maybe they wanted to be doing their own work. But something happens, at least to like the teachers that I had, where they became extremely bitter. Um, extremely concerned with sort of um, constraining the kinds of influences that were considered acceptable. So a big thing when I was growing up was that um, anime was sort of just starting to like pop up in North America in a mainstream way. And so of course, like tons of kids wanted to, to sort of learn that style and draw it because it's this very expressive uh, unfamiliar style if you've grown up with Western cartoons, like the kinds of bodies and imagery that that are shown and the kinds of stories that get told are very different. And one art teacher that I had in particular was like very, very uh, elitist toward, and like I almost xenophobic towards um, towards that whole style and was like very uh, punitive towards anyone who was sort of dare bring that into his classroom it was really just like like the tests in his class were very much like learn the vocab or like memorize these like historical painters and it wasn't really in like any kind of historical context we weren't really learning like why we should care about these painters and I had a Canadian art ed education so like it had that syndrome where it had CanCon syndrome where basically like you have to learn about Canadian painters and Canadian artists, um, but not really like why they matter or like, or like what their context is in like North American art or like globally even. Um, so we learned like a lot of group of seven, like Emily Carr and just like, because they were kind of there and because they're sort of the big names, um, like, <laughs> uh, in the same way that Canadian radio stations have to play, uh, or they end up playing Nickelback 
uh, a lot of Nickelback, a lot of Avril Lavigne, that kind of thing. Um, when there actually are like a, a when there's a very deep well of really amazing Canadian music, uh, I think Canadian art educations often just go back to sort of Group of Seven and Emily Carr as sort of their easy kind of light, like nationalism light, um, sort of landscapey Canadian infused kind of kind of art. And I mean, I like Group of Seven. I'm not like putting them down or anything, but it is just like they they occupy this very strange role in Canadian art education, at least when I was growing up. And so to get back to Bob Ross, like his approach is very different from this because I feel like if you went to Bob Ross and said, I want to learn how to draw anime, he would be like, well, I may not understand it, but I support you. And uh, it's your world when you create, it's your world and you can, you can do anything you want. Um, (laughs) And it is really this kind of like, this like empowering way to think about uh, about art, and I suppose there is like a sophomore media studies paper to be written on like how Bob Ross is like his whole shtick is like um, I don't know evacuating art of like political meaning and sort of just. Uh, depoliticizing landscape painting. I mean, landscape painting has like a very strange political history anyway. Um, But there's another paper to be written on like how I don't care. Um, Because like you can make all these criticisms, but also like they're like beyond just like actually teaching people how to paint. Like I think Bob Ross's presence was like a social good. And I guess to sort of give an example of that um I have kind of a personal story about him um and basically uh, a few years ago I had just moved back to Canada from the U.S. and I had been out of the Northeast for a few years and I had completely forgotten what winters in the Northeast were like. I'd been living in the Northwest, uh, where it is gray a lot of the time, but it's not like frigid. Uh, you're not getting mountains of snow. And so this first winter back was like very, very difficult for me. And then on top of that, I was having these medical problems where like, I couldn't really figure out what was going on. Um, I was probably more depressed than I've like ever been. And it was like probably the hardest few months I've ever experienced. It was just like, if you ever have like, just had a confluence of bad things happening all at once, um, that each on their own, you might be able to deal with, but like, they're all really like together. It just creates this awful mess. Right. And it feels like you can't get out of it. And like, it's never going to end. And I was so, anxious and depressed uh, and upset that I could barely sleep even. Um, I would just like lay awake at night, unable to just turn my brain off. And so I started trying to figure out like, okay, I need to like, I can't just like not sleep. I can't just stay awake until I'm completely exhausted. I need to find some way to actually 
have something of a schedule because I know that if I do that, that's going to like help me sort of get myself back into the swing of things. And I forget how, but I stumbled across, I think I I saw like a, a Bob Ross quotes post on Tumblr and I, um, I was like, you know, I haven't seen this series. I haven't seen the Dory painting in like 20 years. Like, I think I saw reruns of it in the nineties, but like, I haven't seen it since then. So like, I'm going to try watching an episode and see what that's like. And, um, I watched one and, um, I was like actually able to sleep. And for like a few months, I, I just would, would put on a Dora painting video right before bed and sort of just fall asleep to having that in the background. And it was basically like, I don't, I try not to be like too dramatic about this, but like in a way, Bob Ross kind of saved my life because like I was just in this really, really bad spot and um, having this presence, this kind of soothing, encouraging presence really made a difference for me. Um, It just, um, it really sort of turned a lot of things around for me. Um, And I, I guess like, you know, I've, before that I had sort of just been familiar with kind of the one-liners that people talk about. So like the happy little accidents, um, happy accidents, happy little trees, that kind of thing. Um, but, but when you like actually start to watch episodes of the show, it's very much like, like it's maybe a little veering into like inspirational speaker territory, but I think that was what I, I needed at the time. It's really just like having this really calm, um, nature-loving dad who is just telling you about like all of the beauty around you and like can you believe this like you can go outside and see trees and snow and like there's this real like it's called the joy of painting and it really is like you can sort of feel his like his just joy and like love for the world radiating off of him um and so he's telling you all the stuff about how there's all this beauty and and how you can do that too and like you can create beauty and you can, um, have control over, like, over these things that you're making in this really fundamental, um, elemental kind of way. Uh, like you can create something that you don't feel alienated from. Uh, you can, you can create something like, and your labor can bring something into the world that is beautiful and that you have invested part of yourself in. And maybe I'm like getting a little close to like an unsupported, a textually unsupported Marxist reading of Bob Ross. Um, but, but I think that's part of it, right? It's like, wow, yeah, I can do that. Like, thanks dad. That's awesome. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to bring on this little squirrel that I've been nursing back to health, this baby squirrel. And it's like, are you serious? Like, oh my God, this maybe is the best thing I've ever seen on TV. Um, and it is, it's very good. It's very good. Um, and a lot of the episodes or the episodes of a, a different series that it's basically the same thing, um, are on Netflix right now, I think. So I would definitely recommend checking those out. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he, as I mentioned before, he was like an actual dad and like he brought his son on a few times and basically talked about how he like taught his son to paint. Um, it's just, ugh, it's very, very good. Um, his whole, like, his whole thing as, like, calm, 
encouraging nature dad, I think is a niche that no one else has really uh, fit before or since. And like, I guess he's kind of similar to like a Mr. Rogers character um, and a little more sort of focused on nature and a little less on like uh, friendship and family and that kind of thing. But I think it's maybe because of that, because he is like so soft-spoken and like, or was so soft-spoken and was so just like calm that there are all these parodies of him. And it's weird how seriously I take them and like how unfunny I find them just because it's like, I feel like the, what's, what's happening there, the dynamic there is that people see this very tender, quiet, encouraging form, like this, this man who's doing all, embodying all these things. And then they want to just make him start shouting. Like they want to see him shouting at people or being a dick or being inappropriate and being like gross, um, and I don't like it. I, I really am not a big fan. Um, and I think it speaks to this sort of discomfort um, that people have around that that idea um, that a man can be those things. Um, that, like, for there to be a very popular figure who is embodying all those kinds of things, like, that there are all of these parodies and there are all of these, like memes and and jokes about him like just being like violent or like angry or whatever like not a fan I don't know I just I'm not not into it um like can can't we just have the fantasy of a dad who is going to like encourage you in your artistic pursuits and like nurture your creativity and like and encourage you to sort of see the world around you as like wondrous and beautiful. Um, is that too much to ask? Can we just like not have that without it turning into something or without having to make it into something horrible? Maybe that just speaks to our cynicism about dads. Like maybe as a culture, like we can't accept that there could be a dad that good. Um, and so we sort of have to debase him, you know? I think it's a it's a sad indictment of uh, the way of the world, but uh, I think that's basically all I have to say about Bob Ross. Um, oh, except that I think people who critique his paintings as being sort of like lacking in or like uh, technically inept or like lazy or boring are totally missing the point, um, which is that it's not like about the products that he's creating. It's about like the way that he's showing people to do things um, and not everything has to be avant-garde and not everything has to be uh, technically sophisticated. And I think that pushback speaks to this, uh, this, uh, this belief that art is only for specific people and that if you show people how to, to feel empowering in creating things, then you're sort of taking like you're sort of making art less special in this view which I think is like pretty messed up um but uh but yeah like it does not it's not the point like it's not it's not he's not supposed to be doing work that is like even like challenging necessarily like there is a place for stuff that isn't that like not everything has to be piss Christ you know not everything has to be piss Christ um yeah, so I think that's about it for this week. Um, 
again, like I know we're, uh, we're pushing the rules a little bit, but we're, you know, um, we're pushing the envelope and we're innovating and we're trendsetting and we're, we're, um, we're doing all, all that stuff. So don't, don't even worry about it. Um, I'm sure we'll be back to more strictly fictional dads soon. Uh, and, uh, until then, um, I will see you later. Bye kiddos. Is it Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuis for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeelings and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.